You don't want to have to wait another six months, a year, five years to hit your trading goals. You have important things in your life that you want to accomplish. Your environment matters. What you put in your ears matters. Surrounding yourself with the people who are where you want to be will get you to where you want to go a hell of a lot faster than trying to do it on your own. I failed for a decade before learning this fact. Thank you everybody for joining us. Just had a couple of technical difficulties while we were getting started, but we are here, we are ready, we are amped. Let's do this. Yeah, sorry about that, man. I forgot we had a, had a long meeting yesterday and just burnt the, burnt the battery and my headphones out. So <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. I, I'm, I'm thrilled that, that you're here and that we're able to chat for, for a little bit. Um, so uh, brief intro, just want to say welcome everybody to another edition of Traders Mind Chat, where we talk to professional traders from around the world to get into their mindsets and uh, understand why they believe what they believe how they came to the beliefs that they've come to acquire over the years today we are super blessed to talk with akil stokes again big friend of the show um man this guy is so prolific in his content i had i i thought that he was prolific in his content i actually had no idea until i started getting into everything that he's done with tier one trading i've gone uh, so I'm trying to learn Forex uh, and start to trade Forex, and that's my trading repertoire. I've gone through what Akil has done. I've gone through half of what Akil has done in the tier one trading platform for the knowledge base. And oh my God, there is so much stuff in there. Well, like I'm about 10 hours into the content, working my way through, and there uh, I'm like halfway through incredible how detailed this man is thrilled to have him on the show and uh so uh, so happy to be working with him on this forex journey Akil, welcome thank you thanks thanks for the great introduction i feel like a I feel like a superstar uh, but i appreciate you it. are a pleasure to be here man. nah it's, it's regular regular old dude man regular old dude yeah and super humble i love it so man, uh, oh, oh, where where to begin? Like there, there's so much uh, in uh, just in making the transition from uh, from being a, a stock trader to being a forex trader. Um, uh, like I, I'm, I want to uh, I want to start to well. Uh, let me ask you this: uh, How? How many people have you encountered that, that are trying to do well what we're doing? Uh, <laughs> more, like, more than I can count. I, I would, I would, I would say uh, thousands like and thousands. I mean, we've 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 worked with with tens of thousands of people. So I, I, probably hundreds of thousands, honestly, since I've been um, trading and coaching. That uh, try to make the leap from one to another and then add other things or. Oh no! I just just trying to trade in 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 general, not necessarily making the leap. Um, I, I can't put a number on it, but a handful. You you see a lot of people that start off in the stock market or just start start off in a a different market. It could be crypto or it could be you know binary options, something like that, and and go to forex. It's a it's a handful of people. Um, most of the time, it's people looking for that quick fix, meaning that. Uh, you know, they come to forex because really because of the same reasons that I came to forex. They hear that. 
A, you don't need as much money. B, um, there's leverage. Um, and C, that you can make money quicker. So that, that kind of entices them and sucks them in. And then they're eventually met with the harsh reality that it, it's not as easy as it seems. Is that true that you could make money quicker in Forex than you can in stocks or options? Or well, what's your experience with that? Yes and no. It depends on, on how well capitalized you are. Um, you know, it takes, it takes a lot of money to make money in the stock market, as you know. Um, mm -hmm. and, and although I've been out of the stock market for so long, I, I've heard there are some brokerages that now leverage you. Because you're leveraged in Forex, you can start a lot quicker. So, you know, if you start in the stock market with, say, $1,000, there's, there's, I mean, unless you're trading penny stocks, there's only so much you can do. Um, however, $1,000 in the Forex market, because it's leveraged, you have much more um, access to do different things. And, and people assume that, you know, because you see these wild kind of returns out there that I can take that small amount and I can grow it at a drastic rate. And it's, it's, it's true to an extent, but obviously, you know, there, there's risk. So I guess I'd rather say that um, you can start with less and I would say you have the ability to grow your account faster because of the massive amount of leverage, but that's definitely a kind of a double-edged sword there because you could definitely blow your account a lot quicker as well. Mm, right, right. So like if I have, say, uh, let's say I'm starting off uh, with $1,000 mm -hmm. uh, in this account and the leverage on my account uh, is what, like 25 to 1? Probably, probably, probably more 50, than that, right? 50, 50 to 1 here in the U.S. Um, in other places, a lot more, you know. When I started trading, it was 100 to 1 before they kind of made the, um, the shift. Um, so if you want to be reckless, uh, you, you can be reckless. <laughs> so, so if somebody's starting out with a, with a $1,000 account, would they still risk 1% of that 1000 Or is the idea then to treat it like you're trading 50, right? Uh, like that, that seems uh, like no, very aggressive. No, you you want to you want to treat it like you you have a thousand. You know what the leverage does just gives you the ability to trade more. So, with a, with a particular stock, if if I have a thousand dollars, I have a I can spend up to a thousand dollars in the market. Um, mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do in forex with a thousand dollars, right? You it needs to be leveraged because it costs so much to make those trans uh, transactions. So it's the bank, basically your broker, giving you a loan that gives you the ability to trade. You, you couldn't just trade that set amount. Um, so you still want to treat it. It's, you still want to treat it like it's a thousand dollars, but in reality, you're getting a lot more buying power with that thousand uh, dollars, but you definitely want to treat it like you're a thousand. That's all you technically have. The rest is kind of just a, a loan. Mm, got it. All right. All right. So uh, let's see. Um, like, I, I in going through the material the the uh, that you and Jason put together, I was actually uh, kind of surprised at how much translates over. Like I, I knew that a lot would translate over, but like from a technical perspective, it seems like almost everything. Actually, I don't think that I I've come across anything that's just like yeah, that part doesn't really fit into what uh, I've been thinking with stocks. Uh, like, is there, like, may, may, maybe it's my, my own ignorance. It, have you come across something that just doesn't carry over from a No, it's, it, it's, it's exactly the same. Um, at the end of the day, if you're going to be a technical trader, um, and that's what I specialize in, um, 
a price chart is nothing more than a, a visual representation of the actions that are being taken by the participants in the market. It's just literally, it's a, a painting or a picture of what's happening. So it doesn't matter whether you're crypto, whether you're stocks, whether you're Forex, right? The price chart is the same, whether it's a line chart, a candlestick car, uh, chart, um, whatever you're using, it's exactly the same. And, and the basic concepts are the same. And there, there's, there's classical patterns, because many of these classical patterns, they come off of two things. It's, it's institutional buying and whatnot. And it's also the psychology of the participants, right? So there are classic patterns in, in all of them. There are you know, your, your double tops, your head and shoulders, your, your channels, your wedges. Those exist in all markets, right? The markets do three things. Mm -hmm. They move up, they move down, they move sideways. They're directional, they consolidate. So no matter what market you go to, the movement is all the same. So if you have that um, foundational technical skill, you can translate that from market to market and be under and be able to understand um, a price chart. I always say this, right? You can, I mean, if you're looking at a price chart, you should be looking at it in a sense where you have no idea what time frame it is, what pair it is, what market it is. Um, it should all look the same. You should be able to analyze it in the exact same way. Now within that, different markets have different personalities, different pairs have different personalities. So, you know, going off of the stock example, you know, stock markets are a lot more directional, a lot more trendy than say Forex markets, which consolidate um, the majority of the time. So although the same concepts make sense, you don't necessarily want to approach it with the same strategy. If you have a, a strategy that you use in your stock trading, it may not work the same on all Forex trades because you're not getting that same type of directional movement on a consistent basis. So it may struggle. So that's the part where you have to kind of make your adjustments in the, the specifics of your strategy, not necessarily the specifics of how um, everything moves. All right. All right. Um, how about that? So would you be able to then uh, get more of a trend if you're going down onto the lower time frames, right? So like if I'm, uh, so as a stock trader, um, generally uh, like I'll work my way from monthly charts down to weeklies, down to dailies. And then uh, most of the time I'm operating based off of the two hour charts uh, and I'm trading based off of that pretty consistently. Um, if I were to go down to a lower time frame, say 30 minute or 15 minute, like would that help me find like more trends within that or is that just kind of creating more opportunity or, or noise or what, what would you say? Um, more frequency. Um, there's there's going to be more opportunity. The lower the time frame you go, there's going to be more opportunity just because of the, the frequency of candles. You know, for example, on, a, on an hourly chart, you get, um, 24 candles a day on a, uh, in the Forex market, it's 24 markets, hour market, um, on a five minute chart, right. You're going to get a lot more candles than that. So there's going to be more frequency. So, um, I guess technically there is more opportunities to catch trend because of the frequency. Um, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be more trendy. There's still the same amount of directional movement and, and consolidative movement, um, on all time frames, the frequency is the only thing that changes when you go from one to the other, and the noise. The lower the time frame you go, the more the more noise you 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 get. So you, you we got people that go down to like one minute charts, thinking they're gonna get more opportunities. Well, most of what you see on the one minute chart is complete junk. It's just a bunch of false signals. So um, that comes with the territory as well. So, um, for people that want to add this to the or like expand into a different market right like so i'm a stock trader i'm now uh, i want to expand into forex 
you have forex traders that want to spend into stocks, into options, into crypto, baseball cards, anything that <laughs> trades. Like, is there a, a mindset that uh, that you feel is helpful, or or are there any that uh, you've seen that you may want to avoid? Or, uh, you, just want, you want to treat yeah. it like a, treat it like a treat it like a business. Um, no matter what you're doing, this is not a hobby. This is not a, uh, you know, we're not gamblers. You're, you're treating it like a business. Uh, I just had a conversation with a trader the other day. I shared it with my live room members this morning of a guy that says, right, we, we have something that's called a, a maximum drawdown, which is um, basically it's a, it's a warning, right? Once you lose this much, something is very, very, very wrong. Red flag goes up you should stop right now, right? Because you're just gonna do more harm to yourself, right? That's called your maximum allowable drawdown. And I was talking to a trader who had his maximum allowable drawdown at 30 and he's talking and he said, hey, you know, I'm down about 50% right now. Wow. He's, I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna trade for one more quarter and see how it plays out. And that's just not a business mindset. That is, that is a mindset of someone who is going to fail and, and lose money in the market. And that's what I mean, the, the difference between treating it like a business and not, right? You, you hit a 50% drawdown. I think everyone out there would, would agree. There is something terribly wrong. You, you blew half your account. You should stop and reevaluate right away. But to have the mindset that, oh, you know, I lost this much. I'm just going to not make any changes, but keep doing the same thing because I hope it, I hope it'll come back. Uh, you, you're, you're not doing anything but trading off a of hopium, which is a very dangerous drug where you think something is going to change, but you take no action in making it change and you have the same results as you did before. Um, you're just a lot more uh, broke. Yeah, you actually reminded me of something that, that Ben Tharp uh, said, um, that uh, it's possible for a trader to have uh, 20 losses in a row within a trading system, and that system still works. Now, uh, thankfully, like, like I haven't experienced that. Like that, that, to me, that seems pretty extreme, but just to know that that's out there, like, what, like the, the level of risk management that's required to trade something where you could just be on this long losing streak. I think that one, we need to know the, understand what our system and well, what our system produces and the types of uh, winning and losing streaks that it couldn't produce. And then optimize the position sizing strategy that, for that system. Because if we're trading a system that has that many losses potentially in a row, then uh, we need a position sizing strategy that will allow us to survive. Like if we're trading like 2% uh, of our risk and we have 20 losses in a row that, well, whatever kind of a trader you are, whatever kind of system it is, it's going to be hard to come back from a 40% drawdown. Yeah, it, it's, 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 you need to know your system and that, that's like any business, you need to know the stats of your business, your expectations. Um, and, and risk management is key. And risk management is probably the most important part of, of trading, right? I, I like to say this, right? Everyone gets those winning streaks. Every trader at some point, you guys have seen it on social media. Everyone gets those winning streaks. The problem is most traders don't make it to those winning streaks. They get one winning streak and then they have a drawdown, like the, maybe the 20 trades in a row, like you mentioned. And instead of being able to survive that drawdown and make it to the next winning streak, they lose everything, right? Your, your equity curve should look very similar to a trend, right? Trends just don't go up, right? They kind of wiggle up, down, up, down, right? One step backwards, two step forward. One step backwards, two step forward. And trading, that's how trading is, right? You 
take your pain, you survive to the next good moment, you take advantage of the next good moment, and then you're, you're smart during the next period of pain. Um, traders that have poor risk management or no risk management skills, um, they take their pain and, and they, they blow everything. I remember doing a calculation a couple of years ago, we were having this conversation and I calculated, I think I needed to take like 200 straight losses in a row to blow my account because I was having a conversation about how you should never, ever be in position to blow your account, right? As your, as your account size decreases, your position size decreases. I think we did the math. It was like, I need to lose 200 times in a row to completely blow my account. And I said, guess what? Well, well, what was his definition of blowing the account? Like draw, taking it to zero or like I, I would, Yeah, I was, just, I was just going to zero. Yeah, whatever, whatever I would get margin call at. <laughs> but that was the point. That was the point. I, I, I would never take 200 losses in a row. And by the time I got to 199, it would probably be a good sign that trading isn't for me. Um, so that's how smart you should be risk management wise that there should never, like blowing accounts never, you should never get anywhere close to that. That, that shouldn't even be an option. I mean, unless you're doing some really, really bad things. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I can't imagine having that many losses in a row. Like that, like that, 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 that like, it's like a special award or something. Yeah. That, that's when you, that's when you tell me what you're doing. I'm going to start taking the opposite of your, uh, your position every single time. <laughs> yeah. Like the broker's probably loving you. <laughs> oh man. Uh, like, uh, so, I'm thinking uh, in in stocks, uh, my maximum portfolio heat, uh, the the amount that I would lose on uh, at like if every single trade that I put on right now just completely tanked, I would be stopped out at about five uh, percent total loss, right? Uh, and that's assuming that the positions aren't gapping down against yeah. me. Uh, but the the maximum allowable with gap downs that I plan for is. 15%, right? So like if everything I like produced triple uh, the amount of losses that I had intended, then I would be down 15%. That's like an ultimate black swan event. But typically 5% is maximum portfolio heat and generally that doesn't even happen. Is it, uh, should I be looking at it different uh, for Forex trades? No, uh, no, I mean, no matter what market you're in, uh, risk management is risk management. So you can look at it exactly the same. I think uh, the thing that's more important is just how aggressive or conservative the trader wants to be. Obviously, the more aggressive you are, the more money you can make. Uh, the more aggressive you are, the more money you can lose as well. And it really takes understanding what is your, you know, what is your value? Do you value making as much money as possible or not losing as much, right? Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of the balance that you have to find. I know a lot of traders that start off, um, they value making as much money as possible. And then as they kind of get older, right? And things start changing in life or to get more experience, it now becomes, you know, um, I don't want to lose as much. So, I mean, that's been my mentality as well, right? The, the more success I have in trading, the older I get, it, making a lot more doesn't really intrigue me as much as, Hey, Akil, you've done a good job over all these years. Don't blow it. Cause you know, it can go away that quick. And I've, I've heard some war stories of it happening. And that's the, that's the biggest thing I fear of, of being someone who I remember hearing a story from a lady in, in one of our mastermind groups who took her account up to like 50 K or something like that. And then blew it all in a year. And I'm like, how does like, and she was trading well for like four years before that and just, and that's, oh, that's, that's what, scary. What was that? Oh, Sitting in? Like 50, where did she start? 
I don't, I don't remember. I think she probably started, I think she started like 10 K or something like that. that. That's great. Yeah. I mean, she was, it was phenomenal, but then quick. And I, I think it was, you know, she had some losses and my, I didn't dig too deep into it, but, um, um, I think I, I, I had to guess there was some type of psychological meltdown. She got scared to take trades. The losses started building up and just like, you know how that train is. It's, it snowballs. Um, mm-hmm. but that's, that's, that's scary. Um, that was really scary. That's important. It, well, like you just touched on something that, that I think is important. The, the psychological part of mm-hmm. entering trades are like, do you have a routine or regimen like right before the market starts out like some kind of a self-assessment that you're doing before you're taking trades or, or anything like that yeah I, I i do a mental check every morning it's, it's nothing i don't have a, a checklist or anything like that i'm from very organized in the market but in life really not i guess i am organized but stuff like that um more off a feel um but i have a set routine in the morning um and and i pay attention to how much sleep i got to my condition obviously if i didn't get enough sleep um, and I'm not in the right mental state. I don't want to trade. Um, I had to do are that a few times. Say that again. Are you tracking your sleep? Um, not on not on a piece of paper, but I, I know how much I get. I mean, I know I know oh. what time I I go to bed. Um, and you know that's something that I implemented because you know I got I got two young kids and they don't like to sleep. So if some, there have been nights where you're all the way up. Um, but even like being sick or if you know I'll tell you if there's any like relationship problems, a family death, something of that sort, where you're just out of it. Um, there's a, a much better likelihood of you making mistakes in the market and you want to avoid. So I kind of do like a mental cleansing each morning after I do my routine, I take about an hour break, um, between my top down analysis and my actual, my trading starts. And I do like stretching and yoga and just some time to kind of get my thoughts to myself. And I can typically tell during that time if I should be trading or not. 99.9% of the time I am. There are some times where it's just like, Nope. And I'll come into my live room um, and I'll say, Hey guys, I'm just, I'm not taking any trades today. Um, We'll go through the analysis, but I'm just, I'm off. Um, I think we had like, I think we had one of those maybe about a month ago where I said, I'm I'm just off today. I made a mistake the day before I said, it's, it's, you know, we'll do the job and I'm not, I'm not putting my money at risk. Mm. Now that that awareness is so important. Sleep is so important. Sleep. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I actually like, so for 2020, like I'm trying to uh, get my, my health uh, to be like at super high peak levels. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, uh, this book, this book here. Have you read this one? High Performance uh, Habits by Brennan Burchard? No. Yeah, uh, fantastic book. Well, like uh, I'm, I'm going through it. I'm reading this. And I've also got the uh, the audible version, and I've listened to that a, a bunch of times too. Um, one one of the peak performance habits is it circles around energy, and mm-hmm. there's a couple of different ways that we're going to get energy, right? Like our our sleep, mm-hmm. um, physical fitness, uh, yep. like uh, daily exercise, uh, our diet, and uh, what you mentioned before, the the mental uh, health too. Um, so I've been trying to. Uh, half my sleep a little bit or trying to uh, see like how well uh, I am sleeping. So I got this app called, oh, well, what the hell is this thing? Is that the, the circle one you showed the other day? Oh, no, that, that was the activity app. Uh, oh, on the that's app right. Yeah. I'm like trying to close the rings. And so far, like uh, it's like 14 days in a row that I like hit the gym like every day. Oh, man. That, that's it. That's the, that's the way to do it. Uh, oh, it's called sleep cycle. Sleep cycle. 
And yeah, it, it tells you if you're in a deep sleep, if you're snoring, how <laughs> much sleep you're actually getting. Uh, yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. I'm finding out that over the past, and I, this is only uh, four days that I'm into this thing. Um, five and a half hours I'm averaging. Ooh. Like enough. Oh. Especially if, especially if you're active here, here's something people don't understand. Right. And, and, you know, and this is for like, if you're in like an active, active athlete, so I'm talking about like a professional athlete, college athlete, the ones I coach, they, they need to be getting eight to 10 a night. Um, but that's for high level, high level athletes. But yeah, I mean, I, I try to get, um, I, 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 I try to get anywhere. I prefer to get seven. If I can get seven, I'm fine. Um, anywhere between seven and eight, I'm fine. Um, once I, once I get under six, if I do that for, um, repeatedly, then I, I start to see the effects. And, and like I said, people, people don't understand how it, it all works together. Um, if you're not getting sleep, if you're not physically fit, if you're not kind of checking the boxes on your life, first and foremost, your trading is going to suffer. Um, and it's not just from losing sharpness, but even like emotions, right? And think about when you feel, bad about yourself, right? When you've eaten bad and your body's, uh, or you haven't gotten a lot of sleep and you're, uh, you're, you're in a, a different mindset and you're more quick to kind of give into those, you know, emotional decisions instead of having to go through that filter and being like, should I do this? Uh, probably not. You're probably just instinctively reacting on it. And that's something you don't want to do in trading. Um, so you got to have balance in your entire life. You have to be, you got to approach the, the market really happy and, and feeling good about yourself. And then that comes in, working on yourself in life first. And, and even stuff like, I know for me, I think we can all agree the market is a very stressful place, right? Would you, would you agree with that? Um, I, with win, lose, or draw, I mean, I, got, I, can have a, I can have an excellent day, man. It is a grind, right? People glorify the market as like, you know, the wolf of Wall Street. Like the, the market is really, I look at it like a football game, right? I'm a former football player. So um, even when you win, you lose because when you're getting hit and you're tackling and it's a bunch of basically car collisions, right? So even when we win, even when I'm catching touchdown passes, I'm getting hit and I, I end broken. Um, and the trading is the same way. Even when you make money, it is a grind. It, it, it hurts. It's not comfortable. And physical fitness, right? It, it, it creates, it fires off these endorphins, right? This, this, this chemical release in your brain, which is a stress reliever, right? Mm. It is basically a built-in reset process. So something I like to do after every trading day, because I don't want my trading woes to follow into my life, is I do some type of physical fitness, right? Yesterday, I, I went and hit the punching bag, right? It's just a relief. It's a reset. It, it gets the stress that I had from trading, gets it out of there, and then I can reset with a blank slate for whatever I have to do later. Um, I, I think that's very, 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 very important. Yeah, wow. Hey, you know what? You're the... Is... <laughs> yeah. Is that Muhammad Ali in the background? Yeah, you know it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I was talking to, to some other traders too, uh, like, and it's interesting that most traders that, that I see are into physical fitness. Um, Mark Minervini was saying that it was that you need to, to be like an Olympic athlete. Uh, right, like, and even in Brendan's book, he's talking about like, like that he's not talking about trading specifically, but he's talking about like high-level performers, uh, yeah. CEOs, business people. So we're operating at a level that, like, a professional quarterback 
would be needing to operate at it. And so we need the, the physical stamina to, to do that as well. And so if we're not taking care of ourselves, eating right, exercising at, at least uh, three times a week, then we're, we're doing ourselves a disservice. Yeah, I agree. And, it's, it's, and another interesting trait is, you know, people, people that typically do that, um, because I think you would agree, like, even though you, you work out, you stay physically fit, like, you don't want to do it all the time. Like, it's, it's, it's winter here. It's winter here. I don't know how much snow you got. We got to want to go outside and run. Um, but it's the ability to do something that you don't want to do, because you're mm -hmm. thinking of the bigger picture. And yeah. that translates from anything from working out like, man, I don't want to go for this run, but I know I have to. And I don't know about you. Those are typically my best runs where I don't want to do it. Um, but, but in the markets, I mean, like who wants to wake up five o'clock and do top down analysis when you don't have to, right? There's no boss in trading. You can do whatever you want, right? But you have to tell yourself like, okay, I know I can wake up five minutes before the market starts and probably still trade, but I'm supposed to wake up at six. So, all right, let's wake up at six. It's that self-discipline, the, the, the accountability that you put on yourself. And no matter what you're doing, trading, sports, right? Sports is the same way. We'd wake up five o'clock for football practice. We had to do extra running in the off season. Right now, the track and field team that I, I coach, they're on winter break, right? There's no one coaching them. But if they want to be good, they know they have to get up and do their workout. So I think high-level athletes, high-level performers in general just have that switch where they're motivated enough to do to get themselves to do things that they don't want to do. Um, and that, in, and even in trading, I know some of the days where I did not want to trade the market, but I did it anyway, some of my best trading days. Some of my best mm -hmm. trades from a psychological standpoint were trades where I thought they lost. And I'm like, well, you got to stay in this, Akil, because that's the rules, or you got to take this, even though it doesn't seem like a good trade. Um, and those have been great winners. So it's, it's the ability to do what you don't want to do when no one's making you do it, which makes you a high-level performer. Interesting. Well, why do you think that happened with the trades? With what? Uh, the, the trades that you didn't want to take ended up being some of the biggest winners. Like, oh, prob something that, like probably because it's mental. Probably because I didn't care, right? I, I, I you know, I don't, I don't know mm -hmm. if I, I'm like a karma type of person. I'm, I'm, I'm that type of person where it's like, you know, I don't like, you know, I don't like tweeting out trading ideas because I'm that believer. As soon as I say like, hey guys, euro dollar looking good that the market hears it and then it tanks. So that's like, that's just me. So like, and, and even in school, when I, when I was a kid in school where it's like, yeah, I feel like I aced that test and you come back and you get a D and you're like, damn it. Um, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I think that you just don't care when, when you, when you loot, when you have that, 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 that clean slate, right. Um, that, that uh, of thinking, I should say, and when you take a trade, it's a good trade cause it meets the rules of your plan, but you don't think it's a good trade because Trump's tweeting or this or that. You have all these excuses not to take, but you do it anyway. You just don't care. You take it and you're like, man, it's probably a loser, whatever. And when you don't care, you allow the trade to operate the way that it's supposed to instead of self-sabotaging it. Um, and then you come back and you look at it it's like, oh man, that was a great winner. Instead of a trade where maybe you take it, you're like, this is going to win, this is going to win. And you look at it, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up and go down. And you make that little psychological mistake and, and end up ruining it. Uh, so I think it's a little bit of that too. Just you're just letting them, you're letting the trade do what it's supposed to do. You're realizing it's out of your hands, um, and there's nothing you can do about it. Man, like it, you just reminded me of uh, like uh, two or three different stories, like personal stories <laughs> with with that. Um, it, uh, like uh, I've got to share the this one. So, well, what you had just said, well, with the not caring part, uh, like that reminds me of 
back in high school when I was first getting into speech and debate. And I was, I, I didn't go into that willingly. Like I was dragged kicking and screaming into that because I well, was very afraid of public speaking. Uh, so much so, and the reason <laughs> was because we had this thing called visitation day where uh, we were in a Catholic school. We went to other elementary schools to basically pitch our school, even though we weren't told that, <laughs> uh, that that was the reason, but that as an adult, I see that's what we were doing. Um, and at <laughs> the later. second school that we went to, I bombed like really, really bad. Uh, like I, I had my speech, uh, I read my speech at the first school, got through it. The guy that I was with just gave this great speech from the heart and uh, totally crushed it. I'm like, man, I, I want to do that, right? So I try to get up, no, uh, no notes or anything, just talk, get through a sentence and dead silence. <laughs> but like 15 seconds, it was awkward. I pulled out my paper, read through the whole thing, sat down. And then I had like all these kids that are like a couple of years younger than me sitting there like snickering, laughing like that. That was terrible, right? So then uh, my friends at the time being the great guys that they were like, all right, you're doing drama, you're doing speech and debate. And I went into that, not wanting to do it, but then eventually I started to adopt the mindset that, that you had said. Well, it's just like, you know what? Like, I don't even care what anybody thinks anymore. And then that's when it's like, hey, you actually placed first competition. Like I didn't come in first, but more of the Achille there. Oh, the, yeah, you hear me? The, the camera went uh, but yeah, well, like uh, placed, and then like after that, well, I was able to to do well. And I adopted this mindset of not caring what what other people thought, and after that, uh, well, I was able to go from this kid that was afraid to speak to a kid that is uh, performing at the state championships. So it, it's great. It, it, but like, like there, there's something to be said about being in that mindset of uh, you, you don't care what others are thinking or, or, you, or you, you don't, uh, like you're not focused on, uh, to bring back the trading, you, you're not focused on the P&L, right? You're not focused on uh, like, oh, like this trade has to win. Like, like you're more of like, you're, you're in the flow state. Like you're doing the things that you're supposed to do and you're focused on that. And as a result, you win. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and, that, and I think that's the hardest part for people to realize because at the end of the day, we're, we're in trading to make money. Um, so when you tell people, Hey, don't worry about making money, just focus on the process. We always say process over outcome. Um, it's, it's tough to do. Um, and it's, it's, that's, I think that's the toughest part. Because we're, we're very emotionally attached to money and, and even our egos, we're attached to wanting to be right. Uh, I put out a infographic the other day and, and it sparked some conversation. And I was telling someone that, you know, it, it's typically the, the smarter you are, um, usually the worse trader you are. I mean, maybe not necessarily smart, but the, I guess the, the super, super smart people usually don't make good traders because they, they don't know how to be wrong. They can't mm. deal with it. Yeah, well, I'm glad I don't have that problem. I Me mean, neither. 
Oh man, uh, I, I want to open it up to, to questions. So anybody there that's here, that's watching, thank you for being with us. If you have questions, type them into uh, the chat. Akil and I will, will go through them, answer everything that, that's there. Um, well, while we're waiting for some other questions to, to roll in, uh, about the, the money part uh, mm -hmm. that you just mentioned, um, money. and having this attachment to money, uh, like how uh, how would you uh, or or have you seen a way to become detached from money or for it to be less of a of an issue well one um you don't want to trade an amount that's going to help or hurt you right away um, so when you're trading money, right, when, when you first start trading, in my opinion, you should be, you should be trading so small and you mentioned this uh, as well. You should be trading so small that no loss really bothers you. Like you take a loss and it's like, okay, that wasn't really life changing. I lost 1% of something or less than 1% of something that doesn't really make a difference. So it doesn't, there's not that kind of anger, that fear. And then the same thing, when you win, it shouldn't be a big enough amount where it's like, oh, that was awesome, where you're fired up. It sh you, should, you should be trading so small that's like, I won, eh, I lost. Eh. So when you detach that part of it, that, that, that greed and fear part, um, it allows you to focus on what's more important, which is the process. I also think uh, backtesting is important as well. And there's so many different parts of backtesting. And a lot of people just think backtesting is about finding out if your strategy works. No, it's really about the journey, right? You backtest for five years and you're trading a small amount. And again, it doesn't really seem like much. You're like, I won, eh, I lost, eh, right? But when you look at your backtesting results, you're like, man, all these little wins added up. And then when I compounded it, right, that made even more. And you kind of see the big picture of what happens or what it looks like when you follow the process and you see those losses as just a, a cost of doing business. So becoming detached that way, I think that's the biggest way, just, just trading the correct position size where you don't have that emotional attachment. And most traders aren't doing that. Most traders are, they want to make, uh, they want to get rich quick. They're over leveraging themselves. They trade too much when they lose, it hurts because it's a massive amount of their, uh, of their capital. When they win, it's super exciting because it's like, Oh, I made 50% today. Uh, and they start seeing, Oh, I can make millions. And, you know, we, we just got to be, be realistic. Um, but that's, that's the way process over outcome, um, trade small. Yeah. I think a lot of options traders fall into that trap or at least the, the ones that, that, that have come to me, uh, especially the, the newer ones, uh, right. Because the ability that like you're super leveraged, right. And then all of a sudden, like uh, you can be up 200% on the position, uh, 300% on the position, very very quickly and it's like oh my god and then that that excitement is not the state to be in like you want to be in that calm relaxed state like if you're like amped up if you're like the fighter right like uh i'm mm -hmm. i've been really into mma and, and like that that's why like uh everybody knows conor mcgregor whether you watch it or not but like that's why like he tries to get into people's heads so that way like they'll go and make a mistake and knock people out right away. Like that's what happened well with Jose Aldo. That I think that's kind of well what happened uh, when he beat, um, you know, for the, well, when he got the, uh, the lightweight title. Mm -hmm. yeah, you, uh, look, people can be broken mentally way before a match begins. Um, and I guess that, that could relate to trading as well. You can be mentally broken before you ever 
you ever take a trade just approaching with the wrong, the wrong state. Um, yeah, definitely true. Men mental, 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 mental. It's all mental. Mm. Not easy, <laughs> but it's all mental. Yes. Got a question from Naomi. Hey, I know that person. Hmm. <laughs> what has been your biggest challenge since being a professional trader and how did you overcome and deal with that? Coaching her has been my biggest challenge. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's it, what, what, what has been my, my biggest, biggest her challenge um, after becoming a professional trader? It, it, it was what we just talked about, detaching myself from the money. Um, I went in with the mentality that I, I was, I, I did well in stocks. Um, I thought I can use less to make more in a quicker amount of time in Forex. I went in overconfident because I did well in stocks and I thought it would be easy. I thought I'd come in and start printing money right away. Um, and because of that, that led me to focusing less on learning how to trade, but just focusing on learning what to trade. So I, I spent a massive amount of time just trying to find magic systems across the internet um, instead of just learning how to trade. So the biggest hurdle for me was coming to the reality that there is no magic system that it, it, I have to focus on kind of the, the basics and the big picture and it wasn't going to be a, a get rich quick scheme. Mm. To me, what, when I made, uh, finally made the leap from being uh, what I consider uh, like uh, like uh, amateur to professional or, or the, just to, to be doing this full time. Uh, it was believing that, that I was enough. Mm. And well, what I was able to accomplish and having that belief in myself, uh, that self-confidence, uh, like, uh, like I was somebody that like, it took me a decade to finally gain consistency in the market. Like I, I made like every freaking mistake that, <laughs> that I think one could possibly make in trading. Then I finally gained consistency. And then I would start to tell myself, you know what, like you need to be making uh, the same amount that you're making in yeah. your, your day job to replace the salary. Actually, no, you, you need to be doubling it. And not only that, you need to have one year of savings in the bank. Actually, no, let's make it five years of savings in the bank, just in, just in case if anything happens. And it's just like perpetually kicking the can down the road. And yeah, it wasn't until like uh, about two years ago that something switched it and it's just like, all right, time to make the transition. And yeah, like I, I've only been uh, like full-time entrepreneur for uh, coming on two years. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> I was the opposite. I, I took the dumb route where I quit all my jobs first and cause I thought, <laughs> so I, I thought it was going to work easy. So I, I was working from the opposite perspective, but yeah, it takes it. Confidence is hard, man. There's, I think we've all gone through times. I've gone through times where I just, I thought I sucked. Uh, and I'm talking about, I've gone through times after, you know, trading consistently for years where it's still like, man, like, am I really like good? I'm on, I'm on this losing streak. Did I lose it? Like that's, that's always going to be a mental battle. I think that just takes surrounding yourself with positive people, people that are going to, going to take you out of that loop and, and put you back in a positive place. 100%. Uh, your environment is massively massively important that that's why that that's one of the reasons selfishly why i do the show right to be able to talk to people like you and everybody else that, that comes on like they it, it's great that, that that's why well what you guys are doing well with tier one is so great yeah that's that's that's, that's the biggest thing that's the the biggest thing and it, it it's worked out well we, we got the right people that's what that, that's what matters most it does if you have the wrong people you guys have all seen trading forms out there it goes toxic really really quick so 
got to have the right environment where people that that aren't about that life they they leave pretty quickly because it's not what they want um and that's good mm. a question from uh adarsh hey guys currently i am paper trading and testing my strategies is that good or should i trade with small amount of real money if yes how much money should i start with yeah um I would, I would always paper trade, demo trade before trading live. I wouldn't be in any rush to trade live money uh, simply because as a newer trader, I'm hoping, wishing you the best of luck, but odds are as a newer trader, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. You're going to make a lot of mistakes for a long period of time. There's no reason to waste money and time on those mistakes. Um, so I, I, would, I would wait until you really feel like you're ready and, and have all the boxes checked before you trade live. Um, there is a benefit to trading live though, because demo trading and paper trading, they don't give you those emotional pulls. I mean, we talked about the emotional attachment to money. Um, people are invincible on demo accounts. I was a demo account king. Why? Because I didn't care if I won or lost, or I didn't care if I lost because there was no real pain attached to it. So at some point you do need to kind of step into the, the realm where you can feel those emotional triggers. So if you are going to do that, I would say start very, very small. So you get used to trading live money, used to the, the little pinches that it gives you when you lose, the little eh, moments when you win, um, and then kind of just slowly dip that toe in, into the water and, and get acclimated to what it feels like to trade with, with real money on the line. Ditto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what else I could add to that. That, that was uh, very well stated. Um, yeah, it's a, you, it, it's a progression. Uh, just like Akil said, start, uh, you're on demo, you start with demo. Once you're comfortable learning mechanics, then put in a little bit, then scale up slowly. Uh, like, uh, so many traders uh, that, that I've seen, like, the, like they'll be the, the demo king and then they're like, all right, all in uh, with my account. No, like progress, let, let it go up. But like, uh, because each time that you have more at stake, then it, that's also going to be in your mind too. Mm -hmm. And it, it would kind of be like, hey, I want to start going to the gym, right? I'm going to go squat that 500 pound rack over there, right? But I haven't been to the gym in a couple of years, but <laughs> you know what? I'm going to give it a shot, right? It's not a good idea. And I don't think that too many people would do that in the gym Trading is the same. That's a really good, I'm, I'm going to steal that. That's a really good analogy. You're, <laughs> yeah, you think as a coach who's in the gym all the time, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Stolen. Uh, uh, awesome, man. Yeah, I steal stuff from you all the time. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, let's see. Any, any other questions uh, that you guys have? Any other questions? Any other uh, thoughts for, uh, from you, Akil? Because I want to be respectful of your time. We've been going for uh, almost uh, an hour. Uh, no, I think we covered a lot. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to go back and listen to, to this replay because there, there's at least uh, two dozen gold nuggets that, that, that I've been taking notes on mm -hmm. and uh, want to extract and dive deeper into. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on and uh, being with you. It's always a pleasure. It's always a lot of fun. 
and yeah, well, like I, you're you're coaching me well with coming into the land of forex. It's great, super appreciative. Feel so blessed. Thank you, man. Hey, no problem. Appreciate you having me on. As always, always good to talk with you. Always learn something, which is which is good. I'm gonna go uh, see if I can squat 500 pounds now. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you do those stretches. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. All right. Um, and, and thank you, everybody, for being here uh, with us live. Uh, appreciate you guys being here. Thank you for the great questions. And we'll see you all again on uh, the next Traders Mind Chat. Thanks again, Akil. So long, everybody. <laughs>